This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and yes, I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Thank you for joining me, and it's an honor to be here today with you. I mean, yes, absolutely yes, I'm delighted to be here with and among you today. It's a glorious day in Central Florida, and I think I've just about recovered from Omicron. But I'm not going to allow my good mood and fortune to get in the way of my angst and anger about all things Joe Biden and his adopted radical progressives who continue pushing God-fearing, American-loving patriots off into Satan's abyss. I tell you, if Joe Biden's teleprompter lies and those of his cabinet secretaries and, and his spokeswoman, like people like Jen Psaki, they get any, if these lies get any thicker than they already are, I'm going to have to start attending anger management classes. In fact, I probably should have started these classes a year ago when Joe Biden allegedly racked up more black votes than Barack Obama received in either of his two presidential victories. Perhaps I should look into tuition reimbursement for these anger management classes I probably should take. There's probably money available in the Democrats' inflation-fatal American Rescue Plan. You know, that's that's the law where only Democrats voted uh, for this law at the beginning of Joe Biden's presidential death march. After, after all, $1.9 trillion is an obscene amount of money, and the Democrats are funding all sorts of COVID-related nonsense. Perhaps if I can show that angry people are more likely to get vaccinated if, if they attend anger management classes... I'm sure Joe will fund my class registration and tuition fees. That that seems to be where he's going these days. You've got to get vaccinated. Okay, well, perhaps not. But let me ask you, have you ever attended an anger management class? Then again, does, it, does anyone ever take anger management classes voluntarily? Aren't these usually attended because of a mandatory court order? Well, maybe I'll skip the court appearance and just surprise one of these anger management instructors and appear on my own. Of course, after following politics these past 10 years, especially the last six, I'm amazed I haven't gone off the deep end maybe a hundred times since then. How about you? You'll be happy to know, or perhaps you won't, but I'm going to share with this this with you anyway, I, I've stopped jumping off the living room furniture every time there's another report of Democrats calling anyone who disagrees with them domestic terrorists. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've tried those foam rubber TV bricks. Hey, it's great fun throwing them at the TV every time some political hack says white folks are systemic racists. But but I accidentally hit a cherished vase one evening, and, and well... That was the end of the TV bricks. But seriously, what do, what, what do you do to manage your anger? All that generated by what the heck this crazy guy Biden's doing to America. Turning off the television doesn't really help. Someone told me to go shopping. <laughs> the Lord, the sticker shock from traveling the aisles of any store 
especially my lifelong sanctuary, Costco, is terror-inducing. Where there used to be ten illegal aliens loitering the parking lot at Home Depot, hoping for someone to drive by and hire them off to books? Well, the ten are now closer to twenty-five. Not to escape the price depression of aisle-walking our public's grocery store, I've, I've taken to online ordering. Prices are somewhat better, but when they promise to deliver what I've ordered by early summer, well, you, you know the story. Don't know if you saw this report late this week about the producer price index. It shows an annual adjusted inflation rate of 97 Now, we've just seen inflation for the year at the consumer level at 7%. But guess what? Nearly 10% increase in price is coming down our way. You can count on producers and manufacturers passing that price increase along to us. Hey, I don't blame them. It's either that or they have to go out of business. All because Uncle Joe and the Federal Reserve are printing money we didn't earn and we don't really have. When I go to the ATM these days, I'm always careful to check the $20 bills before I put them in my wallet. I just want to make sure that the ink is dry. They're printing this stuff so fast they don't have time to put those large sheets of 20s in the drying room. They just cut them and out the door they go. But there there has been some good news this week. The Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to three against the Biden administration's vaccine mandates for private employers. Now, this means some 84 million Americans won't be sacked because of Biden and Fauci's idiocy. However, these employers can still mandate vaccines for their employees under their own authority. But if they really understood the nature of natural immunity and that being vaccinated doesn't protect other employees from contracting Omicron, why would you impose such a heinous act upon people you you supposedly value. So what does the Supreme Court ruling really do for employees? Um, Nothing more than making employers admit that they're the ones forcing vaccines on their employees and not the federal government. Of course, all the news out of the Supreme Court wasn't positive this week. The court ruled five to four that health care institutions that receive Medicare or Medicaid money have to enforce the federal vaccine mandate. This was, a, this was a terrible decision by Chief Justice Roberts, who's often a turncoat anyway, and Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who's become a, a liberal for some reason, to vote with the far-left liberals on the court. If anyone is informed about vaccines, it's health care workers, don't you think? If they've decided not to get the COVID-19 vaccine, they likely have a good reason. This decision puts 17 million health care workers, many who've already had COVID, under the gun to get vaccinated or get fired. This is exactly what, what we don't need. Health care facilities are already short-staffed because health care institutions, in an effort to appear woke, have already required all their employees to get vaccinated. What difference does it make if a health care worker is vaccinated? Those who are vaccinated are just as likely to spread Omicron as the unvaccinated. 
Now, given there's no advantage to be gained from requiring COVID vaccination, why do it? If the employee refuses, they get fired and they're not available to the employer. If they decide to assume the risk of getting Omicron and become ill or even die, their services still aren't available to the employer. Aren't you tired of father knows best? Furthermore, I don't, I don't like the precedent the Supreme Court ruling promotes. What if the federal government decides that health care workers who are 20 pounds or more overweight are at risk of on-the-job joint injuries, and they may put patients and staff at risk if they fall while transporting or lifting patients? So will these workers have to join Jenny Craig and report results to HHS? <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, down, down to business. Today I'm going to cover some important topics, including the continued COVID-19 nonsense out of the CDC, the NIH, and of course, good old boy Joe. I'm also going to tell you why Joe Biden's ludicrous and hostile lecture to the nation earlier this week promoting the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act is was really a slap in all of our faces. The real danger is in Biden's poison rhetoric aimed at destroying the Senate's legislative filibuster. Biden's pathetic scolding of, of Americans is just another and never-ending string of un-American behavior from a president who claims to be a unifier. Perhaps he's growing and unifying a strong opposition to all things progressively woke. Now, if that's his secret goal, carry on. You're doing God's work. For the record, each week I try to pick out stories of importance that I believe you haven't seen or heard about or haven't heard anyone seriously comment on. There's so much coming at us all the time that it's worse than trying to take a drink from a full-throttle fire hose. I, I don't always hit the mark, but please know I always appreciate your loyal listenership. I think we've been lucky this week, but on the other hand, Joe Biden has had a terrible, awful, horrible, no good, very bad week, and we're all the better for it. So let me begin with some stunningly disingenuous answers by Dr. Rochelle Walensky to serious questions about Omicron, pediatrics, vaccines, vaccine side effects, and the like. Listen, there's, there's so much propaganda being pumped out by the big three Biden propagandists, that, that being Joe Biden, Dr. Anthony Face Mask Fauci, and our overly partisan CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky. That it's nearly a full-time job to try to keep up with this stuff. There are three interview sets of audio clips on COVID-19 that I want to share with you today. Now, one set is from an interview earlier this week with Brett Baer of Fox News. Dr. Walensky was on for a special extended program segment. The second set is of Joe Biden again calling the pandemic as a pandemic of the unvaccinated. He just did this the other day on the 13th. And finally, there's a set of Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama, asking Dr. Fauci and Dr. Walensky about the true death and injury toll of these COVID-19 vaccines themselves on Americans. 
Uh, this was testimony given in front of the Senate's Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. That, that occurred earlier this week as well. Well, first to the Brett Bear interview of Dr. Walensky. Brett asked her if Justice Sotomayor's statement that more than 100,000 children were in hospitals suffering from COVID, many of them on ventilators, whether that was an accurate statement or not. And now here's that short clip of Justice Sotomayor's statement, just as a refresher. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. Now, here's Dr. Walensky's first answer to Brett's question. But by, by the way, at the time of this interview, the CDC had posted information about pediatric hospitalizations on their website. They listed pediatric hospitalizations at approximately 3,500, 3,500, not 100,000. Here's Dr. Walensky's statement. Yeah, but, you know, here's what I can tell you about our pediatric hospitalizations now. First of all, the vast majority of children who are in the hospital are unvaccinated. And for those children who are not eligible for vaccination, we do know that they are most likely to get sick with COVID if their family members aren't vaccinated. So the most important thing we can do for those children to keep them out of the hospital is to vaccinate them and to vaccinate their family members around them. Well, uh, her first answer was totally non-responsive. She never corrected the number of children in the hospital because of COVID, even though the CDC gives the number on, on her official website. Second, her claim that most of the children in the hospital have not been vaccinated, that's true. But most of the children in the hospital are not in the hospital because of COVID. Hospitals test every new admitted patient for COVID, even those that come into the ER. Over 50% of patients being admitted to hospitals, they test positive for COVID, but they have no COVID symptoms, nor do they have any active COVID on board. Now, this is, this is because hospitals use the PCR laboratory technology to test all patient samples. Now, a positive PCR test can remain positive for 12 to 15 weeks after a patient's COVID has resolved. It's completely disappeared. But Joe Biden and his administration have continued to cite hospital-positive COVID tests to disingenuously scare the hospital into believe, or the public, I should say, into believing hospitals are packed to the gills with COVID patients. Now, do do hospitals have gills? Well, those that are underwater with COVID patients do, but there's not too many of those. Back to the issue of children in hospitals today. Now, whether these children are vaccinated or not is totally irrelevant. Most children, 5 to 11 years of age, aren't vaccinated, period. Now, hopefully, parents will think twice, maybe thrice, before going down what surely will be a never-ending road of lifetime COVID vaccinations and boosters. After all, we have no long-term studies about the effects of these mRNA vaccines on kids or older kids like you and me. The mRNA technology is a remarkable tool, but it's a very new tool. If your child isn't obese or doesn't have immune-crippling comorbidities, please ask yourself, 
What's the actual benefit of getting your youngster vaccinated? Uh, apart from being able to tell your neighbors and anybody else in the woke set that you've vaccinated your children. The risks of a 5 to 11-year-old unvaccinated child becoming seriously ill from Omicron, the, the, the dominant variant, is, here's the number, are you ready? It's 0.0001%. Again, write this down. Of course, not if you're driving. Uh, here's the risk. The risk is, you ready? Zero, then a decimal point, then three big zeros, followed by a one, and then the percent sign. Now, your child is more likely to be struck by lightning inside your house than contract serious illness or complications or even death from Omicron. Now, the CDC can't even measure the degree of reduced risk by vaccinating a 5 to 11-year-old child. Next, Brett followed his first set of questions with a deftly worded second question. Now, to paraphrase Brett, he said, uh, there aren't uh, thousands of children on ventilators, uh, are there? Uh, here's her next non-responsive answer. Notice how everything comes back to get vaccinated. Again, Brett asks, do you have a number of children on ventilators? Um, I do not know, have that off the top of my head, but what I can say is for the, I, I don't believe there are um, any in many of these hospitals who are vaccinated. So really, the highest risk of being uh, on a ventilator if you're a child is if you're unvaccinated. We being the consummate professional Brett is, he tries another approach by asking whether pediatric hospitalization is less frequent and less serious for children than for older adults. He mentions that the risks for people aged 15 to 24 is only 0.001%. Yes, there are. And in fact, what I will say is while pediatric hospitalizations are rising, they're still about 15-fold less than hospitalizations of our older age, age demographic. Talking really fast doesn't make this information sound any less silly. I, I know it's hard to picture statistics via radio. But let me give it a try. The CDC says there's approximately 3,500 children in hospitals because of COVID today. If adults are 15 times more likely to be hospitalized than children with Omicron, then 15 times 3,500 equals about 50,000 adults in hospitals. Are you telling us that there are, are only 50,000 adults in hospitals because of COVID? This would equate to about 0.02% or one-fifth of a full percent of adults in hospitals because of COVID. But now, according to Joe Biden, uh, this can't be true. Joe still claims that we're in a pandemic of the unvaccinated. As we remain in, in this pandemic, uh, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And I mean by this, right now, both vaccinated and unvaccinated people are testing positive. But what happens after that could not be more different. If vaccinated people test positive, they overwhelmingly have either no symptoms at all or they have mild symptoms. And if, they're, if you're unvaccinated, if they test positive, there are, you are 17 times more likely to get hospitalized. As a result, 
They're crowding our hospitals, leaving little room for anyone else who might have a heart attack or an injury in an automobile accident or any injury at all. And yes, the unvaccinated are dying from COVID-19. This stupid line, the pandemic is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, is a flat-out lie at any point. Do you, do you know who's getting the Omicron variant today? It's, it's, the fully, it's the fully boosted population. In fact, there are credible studies from the United Kingdom demonstrating that fully boosted adults may be more susceptible to contracting Omicron because of the genetic structure of this variant. Omicron is by far today's dominant variant. The CDC claims that Omicron infections comprise 95% of all new COVID-positive tests. Now, we don't know if this is the universe of COVID infections because people taking home tests, they don't report their results into the state agencies, into the CDC. Nevertheless, it's, it's hard to imagine that the percentage of positive Omicron infections is lower than 95%. The CDC doesn't have the data on risk ratios for Omicron as to who gets hospitalized versus those who don't, much less the odds of getting Omicron between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. It's only been a sort of officially around for three weeks, for heaven's sakes. So when they say you're 17 times more this or 20 times more that, they're working from old data, not the new data being generated today by today's variant. So who is dying from Omicron? It's the same folks who were dying from the Delta variant, but far, far, far less are dying. It's the high-risk patients who are in serious trouble, especially those with multiple comorbidities. But these are the same people who are at risk for the seasonal flu or any other kind of respiratory virus floating around. Healthy, active 30-year-olds aren't suffering or dying from Omicron, whether they're vaccinated or not. Moreover, the CDC director continues to deny that a prior infection from an earlier variant of COVID provides any protection against any of the variants. In fact, she claims that prior COVID infections provide less protection than vaccines against the Omicron variant than it had with prior variants. So having previous infection seems to not protect you as well as um, against Omicron. Um, right now, I think the most important thing to do is to protect Americans. We do that by getting them vaccinated and getting them boosted. There's no validated data to support this outrageous claim. <laughs> have, you, have you noticed a pattern to everything Dr. Walensky says? Cle clearly the political message uh, uh, contrived as some kind of medical message is get vaccinated and get boosted. The CDC can't even issue a clear definition of what it means to be fully vaccinated. Two shots for a time frame means you are fully vaccinated. It isn't the effectiveness of the vaccine. It's quite effective. It's how long it lasts. And that's the reason when we started to see the immunity start mm -hmm. to wane, we said people should get 
boosted. It would be simpler if the language that the administration used is that to be fully vaccinated, you need all three shots. What I would say is that the CDC, you know, they are the ones who make the definition about what's fully vaccinated. And they are actually looking at the data closely to determine if and when that definition should change to include the third shot. If you're worried about Omicron variant, the best thing to do is get fully vaccinated and then get your booster shot. In terms of the definition of fully vaccinated, as you know, the definition right now is two doses of an mRNA vaccine or a single dose of the J&J vaccine. The optimum vaccination is with a booster. I mean, there is no doubt about that. Whether or not the CDC is going to change that, it certainly is on the table and open for discussion. I'm not sure exactly when that will happen. Fully vaccinated in another sense, in terms of being fully protected against uh, SARS-CoV-2 and especially Omicron, at this point means a booster. It really is semantics. As far as I'm concerned, I make it very clear that if you wanna be optimally protected, get boosted. Whether the definition for legal and other purposes dealing with the OSHA situation that you have, that's a different story. We're using the terminology now, keeping your vaccinations up to date rather than what fully vaccinated means. So individuals are considered fully vaccinated against COVID-19 if they've received their primary series. That definition is not changing, but consistent with how public health has historically viewed or even uh, talked about how we recommend vaccines. Um, we are now recommending that individuals stay up to date with additional doses that they are eligible for. <laughs> So what do you want to bet that Vegas is taking bets on how long before the next booster, the second in a forthcoming series of COVID-19 vaccine boosters, how long it'll be before the next mandatory shot comes along? Now, I'm thinking it's maybe it's going to be May 1st. Recent published studies indicate folks with immune-compromised systems, like folks being treated for cancers, have approximately 11% protection from the prior variants of COVID-19. As most of you know, I have leukemia. I'm up to date with my COVID shots. And now the new language is the most current booster is that uh, you are fully updated. Uh, are, your, are your shots up to date? I, I, I'm beginning to feel like a Cocker Spaniel. Daniel the Cocker Spaniel. Has he had all of his shots? Why, yes, he has. He's fully updated. I managed to avoid the original COVID-19. I avoided the Alpha, the Beta, and the Delta variants, but not the Omicron variant. How did I manage that? Had my oncologist not had access and the ability to infuse monoclonal antibodies into me within the first 24 hours of my infection, I have no doubt that I would have been hospitalized. I, I may still have, have to have been there. Lord, my, my head is aching. Give me a moment. I'm, I'm going to have to scotch tape two Advils to my forehead. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to... Take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back, because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back in here. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show. And I'm not kidding. Healthy Cell makes a wonderful line of products. And I want to 
spend just a minute with you on REM sleep. Do you know Healthy Cells product has calming herbs, amino acids, minerals, and sleep hormone support for the four-stage human sleep cycle? Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and achieve REM or rapid eye movement sleep. Through the phases, fall asleep easily. That component of sleep is favorably impacted by melatonin, lemon balm extract, and GABA, lowering the body temperature. That element is influenced by glycine, magnesium, and calcium. Deep lasting sleep, L-theanine, vitamin D3, and vitamin B6. And finally, creativity boosting REM sleep, 5-HTP, vitamin B6, and GABA. Many of us think we need to sleep because we're short on sleep, but we need quality sleep. So please consider Healthy Cell REM sleep supplement. I have one tonight and I'm going to have a much better night's sleep if I uh, compared to if not taking it. So go to uh, HealthyCell.com and in the promo box, uh, type in out loud and that'll give you a 20% uh, discount off your first purchase. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. AmericaOutloud.com Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill. From sea to shining sea, you can listen in on iHeartRadio. Our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa, or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the Frankly Daniels Show. Just before the break, we were reviewing the most recent COVID proclamations from Dr. Joe Biden and political newbie Rochelle Walensky, the current CDC director. The Biden administration is still stuck on three very sour and unmusical notes, vaccines, booster vaccines, and face masks. Despite major changes on the battlefield of COVID, General Biden and his lame chief of staff Major General Dr. Anthony Fauci, they refused to give up their failing battle plan. Now, think about the administration's approach in this manner. As I've just mentioned, let's assume that Joe Biden is, is the general. He's in charge of the overall strategic battle plan against COVID. Major General Fauci's in charge of all field operation, and he's the commander who gives Brigadier General Walensky her marching orders. Their frontline troops keep telling leadership 
that the Army's full-on frontal battle attack against COVID isn't working. The forces on the ground and commanders from other military units are diplomatically pointing out that under General Trump, only 385,000 Americans died in battle, and he didn't have the three new vaccine weapons to fight with. However, under Generals Biden, Fauci, and Walensky, 461,000 Americans have died in less time than when General Trump was in command. Yes, 76,000 more Americans have died from the enemy's COVID-19's germ warfare under Biden and company than under Trump. Don't you believe someone should press the issue with General Biden? Don't you believe he must change the battle plan before all is lost and any more of thousands of Americans die? Wouldn't you tell General Biden he must begin fighting smarter? He needs to abandon shelling the few remaining unvaccinated and switch to more home testing and more antiviral ambulatory therapeutics and forget mandatory face mask window dressing as an essential part of combat fatigues. These paper flak decorations only give the soldiers a false sense of security. Someone has to get through to the tri-leadership command that face masks are like putting on paper hats and pretending they're combat helmets hoping viral machine gun fire will bounce off these flimsy paper shields. Yeah, well, if only. If only. My nerves. Before I leave Dr. Walensky's lame answers on Omicron and COVID-19 vaccines, there's one more area I want to shed some light on. This is the sheer number of adverse effects victims have sustained from COVID-19 vaccines. Yes, COVID-19 vaccines give awesome short-term protection from the worst of COVID-19 infections, but vaccines aren't risk-free. Let me repeat that. Vaccines are not risk-free. They're not totally safe. Come on already. I mean, even though they're going to try and ban anybody who says that on social media, the truth is there's a big story behind it all the adverse events. The government doesn't dare tell you the truth about the number or seriousness of COVID-19 vaccine adverse events, including even deaths attributed to COVID-19 vaccines. The number of alleged deaths suffered in close proximity to having received one of the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines is, is truly stunning. Now, as you may know, the CDC by law maintains what's called the Vaccine Adverse Events Registry, V-A-E-R, the VERS, with the, add a system to the end of it. Is, that's the acronym for it. Healthcare professionals are required by law to report any adverse events that may be considered negative side effects due to vaccination. Now, for the past year, Senator Ron Johnson A Republican from Wisconsin has been trying to get the CDC to answer questions about the explosive number of both side effects attributed to COVID vaccines, as well as the number of deaths matched to COVID-19 vaccinations. Thanks to his dogged efforts, we now know more about this registry system than anyone would have otherwise known. And believe me, the CDC, the NIH, Biden, they have all tried to close down any information uh, about this particular reporting system. Uh, Believe me, it's not in the administration's best interest to be forthcoming about this registry. 
when you see the numbers, you'll be able to see why. And certainly not when your only message to Americans is that you must get vaccinated, or in many cases they say, or else. And the or else isn't very pretty. As of December 24, 2021, just three or four weeks ago, and in the prior 12 months, more than, and I'm going to say this number, and it's true, it's, it's in the system, more than 1 million adverse events have been submitted to the CDC's Vaccine Adverse Events Registry System. Even more alarming, the number of deaths totaled more than 21,000 21,000 over the same time frame. Uh, you can download the entire registry as a zipped Excel spreadsheet. It's, it's a whopping big file. I don't recommend downloading it uh, unless you have a very powerful workstation computer with lots of chip speed and memory. Now, I did download it and carefully looked it over. Many of the recorded uh, adverse events are of patients breaking out in hives or skin rashes or extreme sore arms and fevers and chills and the likes. Many of the other adverse events are more serious, requiring medical interventions. Uh, But the whopping number of deaths are certainly worth further investigation. The CDC, they don't want you to investigate adverse vaccine events any more than they want you to investigate the true effectiveness or efficiency of face masks against the coronavirus or investigate the strength and durability of T and B cell naturally acquired immunity from a COVID-19 infection. Willful ignorance is bliss. It is the key. They love willful ignorance. If you don't investigate the questions, if you don't ask the questions, you don't have to lie about the answers. But the question about these escalating adverse event numbers is it's not going away. Now, Brett Baer asked Dr. Walensky about this registry and about the big numbers in it. Here's what Dr. Walensky's answer to Brett Baer's question about the mounting numbers of adverse vaccination events. Here's what she had to say. Um, Yes, of course, with Omicron, we're following that very carefully. Our death registry, of course, um, takes a few weeks to and uh, takes a few weeks to collect. Um, And of course, Omicron has just been with us for a few weeks, but those data will be forthcoming. What nonsense. She called it their death registry. I don't know if you heard that, the death registry. She's talking about Omicron. But what about the 21,000 deaths already reported as having a very suspicious proximity to having received a COVID-19 vaccination. How many of these adverse events were recorded after the first shot, or perhaps the second shot, or even the booster? Now, I've talked to scores of people who had a very definite reaction to the booster shot. I certainly did. I had fever, chills, and total body aches for a couple of days. And I have to tell you, I was worried But all the side effects eventually went away. But I swore that that was the last booster shot for me. Now, Dr. Walensky assured Brett Baer that the new death registry data would be forthcoming once the CDC had time to put it together and review it. This, of course, was the old political brush-off. The CDC will never talk about this data, and they won't do anything possible. 
to make it uh, accessible. In fact, they'll make it difficult to obtain and sort by healthcare services researchers like myself. For the entire 14 minutes of her Fox News interview, Dr. Walensky said little more than get vaccinated and get a booster. They could have saved every bit of 13 and a half minutes because she answered all questions, all inquiries with the same answer. The Biden administration, despite the COVID casualties that continue to stack up, they're determined to stay on this singular vaccine booster masks messaging Regardless of the number of casket lids slamming shut or the hospital beds being filled with patients who could have been treated and recovered from COVID in their homes. Now, surprisingly, this serious question of adverse vaccine events came up in this week's Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. Again, Alabama Senator, Junior Senator Tommy Tuberville asked the following question of both Dr. Walensky and Dr. Fauci. Here's the question. Dr. Walensky, it's been reported by some virologists and scientists that this year around 170 people have died from taking the regular flu vaccine. The Vaccine Advisory Adverse Reporting System reported that the number of people dying after or following the COVID vaccine is actually in the thousands. Now, this is what I'm hearing. Here's Dr. Walensky's and Dr. Fauci's answers back to back. Senator Tuberville, thank you for that question. The Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System is a mandatory system of any adverse event that happens after being vaccinated. So if you get hit by a car tragically after getting vaccinated, that gets reported in the Vaccine Adverse Reporting System, the, the, their system. So the vaccines are incredibly safe. They um, protect us against Omicron. They protect us against uh, Delta. They protect us against COVID. They don't protect us against every other form of mortality out there. Do we keep a number Numbers of people that died following taking a COVID test from taking this vaccine, do we have any idea? I'm just asking. I'm sorry, those who have died after taking died a COVID test? Died following taking the vaccine. Is there any number count? We keep records on that, that died of just uh, from... Absolutely, yes. I, I couldn't give you the, the absolute number off the top of my head, but our staff could absolutely get back in touch with you. We, we collect those data. You know Dr. Fauci? I don't have a number, but I think part of the confusion is that when you do a reporting if you get vaccinated and you walk out and get hit by a car, that is considered yeah. a death. I mean, I that, that's the thing that gets confusing, that everything yeah. that happens after the vaccination, even if you die of something completely obviously unrelated, it's considered a death. So if I had metastatic cancer, got vaccinated and died two weeks later, that's a death that gets counted. I understand that. Yeah. And every one of those is adjudicated. What you just said, is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, okay, okay. That last clip was from the Adam, Adam uh, Sandler movie, Billy Madison. I couldn't help myself. There's, there's just too much nonsense going on with what's coming out of the Biden administration about COVID. It's time we began getting some straight talk from Joe and all his cronies. But I'm not holding my breath. One million reported adverse events related to vaccines. 
More than 21,000 reported deaths related to COVID-19 vaccines. Every one of these events is adjudicated? Really? If you listen to a number of Dr. Walensky's interviews, you'll discover that she's always unprepared. She comes purposely unprepared. She's a master of the brush-off. I'll be happy to get back to you, right? How can you not remember that with a controversial statement by a justice of the Supreme Court saying there's a 100,000 children in hospitals because of COVID and many are on ventilators, that the real number as posted on the CDC's website is 3,500. How can you have a million vaccine adverse events, 21,000 deaths, and the best you could come up with is, I don't have those numbers off the top of my head, but we're supposed to believe that every one of a million events has been adjudicated? That's a lot of adjudication. Well, what about uh, the middle or the bottom of your head? Do you have any answers in any of those parts? If not, what's in your head? Is there anything you could share with us other than we're supposed to get a vaccine, a booster, and wear a mask? Are the numbers you're responsible for so fluid that they may have drastically changed during the four hours you've been in this committee hearing? Dr. Walensky is becoming famous for her conditional opening statements to answer any question. Like, thank you for that question. Uh, That was a very important question. Now let me see if I can avoid answering it. I don't have that number off the top of my head. What I can say is this. Dr. Walensky is the Jen Psaki of uh, the healthcare services side of the Biden administration. The only thing she hasn't said as of yet is that I'll have to circle back to you on that. And these lame answers by both Walensky and Fauci, these vaccine proximal deaths can't be confounded all by auto collisions, can they be? Perhaps some of them are auto collision deaths because the driver just had a, a vaccine in an adverse event. But surely this isn't what Walensky and Fauci were implying, was it? And go figure, what are the chances that they both cite auto accident deaths as their shining example of how the vaccine adverse events registry system is worthless because it collects and matches happenstance events. And as for adjudicating and reconciling all these events, please, the CDC isn't staffed for this volume of events, nor do they want to know the truth about these reported adverse events. It's so much easier to be flippant, say, Uh, You got a vaccine shot on Monday, and lo and behold, an aviated big bird drops a huge boulder on your head as it flew over. And unfortunately, your death was wrongly recorded as an adverse vaccine event. How many big birds are involved in this confounded plot to buddy the tracking of actual serious adverse vaccine events? I'm sure you've all heard that the pharmaceutical vaccine manufacturers have been given total liability protection by the government from all adverse events related to these vaccines. They also want the federal government to allow them to secret all material studies and results compiled by them for up to 55 years. Now, their request is currently being litigated in federal court. 
But the question remains, if you have no legal liability for anything that goes wrong with any of these vaccines, why do you want all this related data vaulted for a half century? And why isn't the Biden administration more forthcoming with us about adverse vaccine events? Senator Tuberville asked a very important question the other day. There is so much confusion as to who's in charge of the federal response to COVID. What's Dr. Fauci's real role and authority? What's Dr. Walensky's role and authority? What's the Department of Defense have to do with civilian COVID? Why isn't there a permanent FDA director? And on and on and on. Listen to Senator Tuberville's assessment and his question. So what I'd like to know is, I'm just concerned how badly the response has been. It's handled, you know, President Biden's handled this in his first year. We've heard all the pluses and minuses. This administration took office with three successful vaccines and numerous effective therapeutics and basically drove the response into a ditch. At times, it doesn't seem like anyone's in charge. You started the year by dismantling Operation Warp Speed, canceling contracts for monoclonal antibodies, underinvesting in testing, and we've spent billions in that, first with Delta, now Omicron. People can't find a test. I'm getting texts as we speak, sitting here, where do I get a test? Uh, we spent billions on this. You know, if we can't find a test and test, that, and test positive, they can't get treatment. Uh, monoclonal antibodies are rationed, antiviral pills are months away. So I just got a simple question. Uh, of all of you up there, and, and whoever wants to answer this, if you have a problem and your coordinates, who do you go to? Who is the head coach of this virus that you have to go to, whether it's in the administration, whether it's one of you? Dr. Fauci, who do we go to? The sands of time are rushing through the hourglass on my desk. The question by Senator Tuberville reminded me of one of my favorite comedy routines. See if you can recognize this and please laugh along with me. Here at the retired actors' home, and I am the manager. Now, you're going to be the manager of the retired actors' baseball team. Yes. I would like to join the retired actors' baseball team. Oh, you would. And I would like to know some of the guys' names on the team, so if I want to play with them, I know them, and I meet them on the street or in the home here, I can say hello to them. Oh, sure. But you know they give baseball players nowadays very peculiar names. You know, a lot of funny names. You know, like uh, Sticky Stick Fields. Sticky Fields. Uh, Goofy Dan. Booby Barber. Booby Barber. I know all <laughs> 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 well, let's see. Now, we have on our team, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find then, out, the guy's name. And then, uh-huh. That's what I want to find out, the guy's name. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Now, Abby, you now, want to be the manager of the baseball team? Yes. You know the guy's name? Well, I should. Well, now, you tell me the guy's name's on the baseball I team. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. You ain't saying nothing to me yet. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> I'm telling him. You ain't said nothing yet. Go ahead and tell me. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know is on third. You know the guy's name's on the baseball team? Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I don't know. Wait a minute. I'm I'm asking you who's on first. That's his name. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy on first. That's it. That's his name. Well, you ain't said nothing. I ain't asked you nothing. You did? You know the guy's name on first base? Go ahead and tell me the guy's name on first base. Who? The guy playing first base. Who is on first, Lou? What are you asking me for? Now, don't get excited. I'm saying who. I'm asking you a simple question. Who's on first? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? Yeah. I'm asking you, what's the guy's name on first oh, base? Oh, no. What's on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. 
Don't mix up my... I'm not mixing up anybody. Now, what's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who is on first? I don't know. He's on third. We're not talking. <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. How did I get on third base? You mentioned his name. I mentioned his name. Yes. I don't know anybody's name on the team. I, how could I mention a guy's name? You did. You just mentioned it. All right. What's the guy's name on third base? No, what's on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. He's on first. <laughs> I didn't even mention a guy's name on third base. Yes, you did. Look. All right, then. Who's playing third base? No, who's on first? I'm not asking you what's on first. What's on second? Who's on second? Who's on first? I don't know. He's third base. <laughs> I don't know anybody on a baseball team. You do? You mention their names. I do? Sure. You got an outfield? Well, naturally. The left fielder's name. Why? <laughs> I, I, I just thought I'd ask you. I just thought I'd ask you. Well, I just thought I'd tell you. Well, go ahead. Tell me. Tell you what? The left fielder's name. Why? Because I want to know. Because. Oh, he's center field. You know these players as well. Who's in center field? No, who's on first? What's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> Do you know the guy's names on the team? Look, Louis, uh, you don't seem to understand. See, I have a first baseman. You, I know you got a first. Gets his, I ask you, what's what's the first? I ask you, what's the first baseman's name? No, what's the second baseman's? Name? I, I'm going to start asking you. So I ask you, what's the first baseman's name? What's the second baseman? I don't even get past the. All right, who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? You can talk about anyone you want to talk about. All right, now who's on first? Right. Okay. No. No, 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 no. All right, you got a first baseman. Yeah. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. <laughs> every dollar of it. Who gets it? He does. Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes. <laughs> Why not, Lou? He's earned it. Who did? Yes. <laughs> Look, will you pay off the first baseman every month? You get a receipt from the guy? Sure. How does he sign his name? Oh. The guy you give the money to. Oh. The guy you give the money to. <laughs> well, that's how he signs it. That's Luke. how who signs it? Yes. Do I tell me? That's it. Who? <laughs> Look, you go to first baseman. Yes. And you say to him, here's your money, sign the receipt. How does he sign his name? Who? The guy you give the money to. That's how he signs it. That's how who signs it? Yes. Sure. <laughs> you gotta get a receipt from the guy, don't you? Get one, Lou. How does the guy on first base sign his name? Who? The guy on first. I'm asking. When you give the guy the money, what's the guy's name that you give the money to? Now, wait a minute. What signs his own? Who signs his own? No, who signs his? <laughs> I mean, what's the guy's name on first you give what the... What is on second? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. <laughs> Fielder's name, the center field. I don't know if you got a pitcher on the team. Well, it's be a fine team without a pitcher. It's a fine team. Well, the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. Uh, you know well, what? I tell me today. I can't change that name. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you. Go ahead. Tell me the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. <laughs> Why not tell me today? I don't want to tell you. Tomorrow. Then tell me the pitcher's name. Tomorrow. All right. What time tomorrow? You tell me the pitcher's name. What time? What? What time tomorrow? You gonna tell me who's pitching? Who is not pitching? I'll break you right here. <laughs> What's on second? I don't know. Third base. Third base. Third base. You got a catcher? Uh, certainly you've got a catcher on a baseball team. Catcher's name? Today. Today. Tomorrow's pitching. Today's catcher. Now you've got it. Now i got it. All i got, we got a couple of days on the team. That's I all. I can't help that, Lou. I don't You know, I'm, I'm a pretty good catcher myself. That's so they tell me. Yeah, now I get behind the plate and I'm going to do some fancy catching and tomorrow's pitching on my team, right? Yeah. Now tomorrow he winds up the ball and I'm behind the plate and the heavy hitter gets up. Yeah. Now, heavy hitter gets up and, he, and he's ready to hit the ball. And tomorrow's going to throw the ball. I'm the catcher. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to try. Tomorrow throws the ball. The guy that punched the ball. 
Now, when he bunts the ball, me being a good catcher, I'm going to throw the guy out of first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, that's all you have to do. It's to throw the ball at first base. Yes. Now, who's got it? Naturally. Sure. <laughs> Look, the guy is running at first base, yeah. Simon. I want to throw the guy out. So? So I throw the ball to who? Naturally. Throw it to who? Naturally. And who's got it? Naturally. Huh. Hey, uh, so I pick up the ball and I throw it to natural. No, no, no. <laughs> you throw the ball to first base, then who gets it? Naturally. That's it. Now you're <laughs> I pick up the ball, so I throw it to natural. You don't. I throw it to who? Naturally. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I say I throw the ball to who? Naturally. You ask me. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. Same as you. Say it that I throw the ball to natural. You don't. You throw it to who? Now who's got it? Naturally. That's what I said. <laughs> Whoever it is, better get it. Get get it. it. Don't worry about who. Who get it? Yes. He better get it. All right. Now, I throw the ball to whoever it is, drops the ball so the guy runs a second. Who picks up the ball and throws the what? What throws the, I don't know. I don't know. Throws it back to tomorrow. Triple play. Could be. Another guy gets up and it's a long fly ball to be caused. Why? I don't know. He's on third and I don't give a darn. I said, I don't give a darn. Oh, that's our shortstop. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that. The sands in my hourglass have run their course. Thank you for joining me today. I certainly learned a lot putting this Frankly Daniel episode together. I hope you also gained some insight into the misdirection the Biden administration's trying desperately to distract us with. Please stay well and be on the lookout for Omicron. If you think you've caught it, get to a place where you can get a test. God bless you and and take care until next week.